Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, Hello, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Happy Thursday, man. I'm glad to be here. Continue talking about Psalm 46. We've heard a variety of readings of it. Um, more similarity, maybe this time, in the in the decisions of translation than some others. What do you got today? What translation? Today is the Lexham. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. For the music director, Psalm 46. For the music director of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very sufficient help in troubles. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth change, and though the mountains totter in the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though mountains shake with its surging water. There is a river whose streams gladden the city of God, the holiest of the dwellings of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be made to totter. God will help her at daybreak. Nations roar, kingdoms shake. He utters his voice. The earth melts. Yahweh of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our high stronghold. Come see the works of Yahweh, who has placed desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts off the spear. The wagons of war he burns with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yahweh of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our high stronghold. Well, now I do appreciate that about the Lexham that they say, Yahweh, where there's Yahweh. Yes. And we were explaining that, talking about that a little bit in the last episode. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're in a translation that has the word Yahweh in it, that's actually the representation of Yahweh. <laughs> and that's helpful. <laughs> that's that is helpful, helpful to us. Rather than taking a look at are, are the word letters for Lord all in caps. So it just it just becomes easier. You know what uh, really jumped out at me in your reading today as we were kind of looking towards the last few verses of the psalm is uh, just Yahweh on the warpath in verses 8, 9, and 10, particularly in verses 8 and 9. Look at the works of Yahweh or the Lord, and then it talks about him just dismantling armies, destroying war by destroying the implements of war. Isn't that something? He's going to make war end. How's that? He's It's like he's walking through the, the battleground and snatching a bow out of someone's hand and breaking it over his knee. And here, let me grab that spear and snatching that and breaking it over his knee and uh, incinerating chariots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to go to war when you don't have any weapons. Yeah. You, you, you say he's on the war path. It actually looks like he's on the peace path. The peace path. He's, he's on the path. In a, most, in a most destructive way. <laughs> most destructive way. He says, look, I'm, I'm ending war. Yes. In fact, that helps us understand maybe what's been happening here is that there has been some type of military attack on Israel or on Judah on mm. that, yeah. that God has now brought to an end. I mean, maybe even surrounding Jerusalem with this tabernacle talk or well, the city of God talk. certainly yeah. something that's coming up against the city of God. Most believe mm-hmm. that this is probably written in connection with Sennacherib's coming to Jerusalem after Besieging he's already Jerusalem. taken Israel. He has taken Israel, the northern kingdom, into captivity. Yeah, he's been taking the cities of Judah. Yes, there in Second Kings eighteen, it begins by pointing out that Sennacherib has been conquering the cities of Judah. Yeah. 
which a couple of weeks ago we highlighted might be the place for Psalm 46 because we know yeah. that Hezekiah was a, a pretty good king. I mean, right, we, yes, right. we can find some places where he did not serve the Lord exactly as he was supposed to, but the overall declaration about Hezekiah is that Hezekiah was right with the Lord and walked oh, in the footsteps of David. I mean, it really fits when you're reading Psalm 44 and thinking about all of the restoration work that Hezekiah did, the spiritual restoration work, getting the temple back in order. He was all about practicing the, the true religion of Israel. And when Assyria takes Israel and then turns its sights on Judah, it actually starts to succeed by mm-hmm. taking those cities throughout Judah, yeah. and now it's coming to Jerusalem itself. And so the Rabshakeh comes and threatens and right. um, discourages them from war, tells them, you guys just need to cave in. Look, Yahweh has sent me. Mm-hmm. You, you guys can't win this one. And it actually looked like up to that point there was going to be no way that they would. But Hezekiah lays out the letter that Rabshakeh brought before the Lord. He prays. Isaiah comes to him and says, we're going to take care of this. God's going to take care of this. You don't even have to worry about it. And of course, there's some really interesting stories there as as they find that the angel of the Lord Mm -hmm. killed 185,000 among the Assyrian army. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And uh, doesn't that go right along with this idea of destroying the very implements of the war? Something else that I I like about that connection and this psalm with God being the refuge, we talked about the idea of the river and the river of God and the river of blessing and the river sustaining. And one of the ways that Hezekiah and uh, the Jews were able to survive that siege was because of the the physical works of Hezekiah and making Hezekiah's water tunnel. And in their fortifications, they actually diverted the main water source that supplied Jerusalem so that people couldn't get up in there and take the city from it. They still had water to survive the siege. And that's one of the amazing archaeological discoveries. If you go to Jerusalem, they have uncovered Hezekiah's water tunnel. It looked like that he had this thing hewn out by digging from both sides, meeting in the middle. There's inscriptions which call it Hezekiah's, and there's still water running through it today. It was an amazing work. Well, here's One of the connections. Water and river feeding the city and even the tabernacle or holy place. And this connection here in the psalm is actually God. Mm-hmm. It's not Hezekiah's tunnel. And that's that's the point. It's we're relying upon God. Mm-hmm. And this we we have a river that supports us. It's it's Yahweh. Yeah, that's and what the a refuge. powerful thing. The other connection, by the way, I, I just I had to look it up just to make sure because I was about to make the claim. Interestingly, that hundred and eighty five thousand that were struck down in verse thirty five of Second Kings nineteen when the people arose early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Very much like we have in our psalm, God will help when morning dawns. When morning dawns. These are some of the connections yeah, that people make. You, you brought yeah. up the river, and as they're yeah. relating that, rather than Hezekiah's um, spring, it is God. When morning dawns, they saw the deliverance that God had offered. All of that to say very potential place for these psalms that we've been reading to be centered around these events in Hezekiah's reign. Sure. The defeat 
mm-hmm. that they were experiencing, which might explain Psalms 42 through 44, yeah. and now the victory, which can provide some context for Psalm 46. We can't say for certain, but it certainly fits. Yeah. And yeah, if it, it wasn't if it wasn't there. this time, it would be something like this. Yeah. To to have this victory that comes from God, and we see it fully here in these final verses. Well, if we could kind of just roll with this concept, uh, let's put it in that setting of Hezekiah and the siege. That would be an awful lot to be frightened about, wouldn't it? That would be an awful lot to be nervous about, to be looking over the walls. And I mean, it's just a sea of soldiers. And it would seem like the world is coming to an end. It absolutely would. Our world is coming to an end. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so that would be very stressful. There would be a lot of fear and a lot of fretting. How would you hear these words, be still and know that I am God? Mm. Hmm? Yes. A word of comfort? A word of support? I think that statement, be still and know that I am God, can be read in a couple of different directions that I'm not completely sure which way it's going. It can be going towards Hezekiah and the people of Judah and yeah. Jerusalem. Be still. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the words here are not, hey, it's okay. Th- these words are essentially, quiet down. <laughs> Quiet down. I mean, it's it's very much a command. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just a consoling, comforting thing. It's a command. And so, even writing to, or speaking to the people of Jerusalem and Judah, it would be this statement that says, "Remember that I am God." Yeah. You guys, quit your worrying. Quit your fretting. Quiet down. I've got this. Give me my place. Quit trying to take my job. Let me do my job. I am God here. I'll take care of these people. It makes me think of the time when there was sin in the camp, uh, in the uh, early conquest of Canaan, and after the fall of Jericho, and they, they lose the battle of Ai, and they're all crying, and 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 uh, Joshua, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the word of the Lord comes to Joshua, get up. <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are you down there on your knees you, Yeah. I mean, come on. Can't you tell what's going on here? Yeah. I'm with you. I'm God. Yeah. Here it is. Be still. Yes. I'm God. But it's possible. How easy it is for us to forget. It's possible, though, that this be still and know that I am God is directed toward the nations. So now. That's the other way to read it. Yeah. The other possibility is that he's talking to Sennacherib and Rabshaki and and these 185,000 soldiers. And he's telling them, be still. Mm -hmm. We're about to throw down. Mm-hmm. I'm about to show you who you've come against. And of course, that is exactly what happened to Assyria. That's exactly what ultimately happened to Sennacherib. And then we get to the key. We get to the key. God says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In the earth. That can come off like it's just a statement of something's going to happen in the future. Well, someday right, I'll be exalted. Right, right. It, it's not actually a, a timing issue. It's a certainty issue. Mm-hmm. I will be exalted. This is what is going to happen. You need to understand, I do not give my glory to anyone else. Israel, the reason you can be confident is because I will not allow myself, God of Jacob, to not be exalted like these nations are doing. I will be exalted there. So to me, this looks like a a unit thought. When you look at verse 8 and where it begins, um, the psalmist invites Come, behold the works of the Lord, watch him, who's made desolations in the earth. That's the way the New King James is. And then at the end of verse 10, I will be exalted in the earth. That when we behold God and what he has done, 
And of course, we've been emphasizing in this conversation him breaking the elements of war and instituting peace most violently, uh, that, that that, that the result will be his exalting, his glorification. Look what he has done. The word earth is clearly a theme in this psalm. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. find it five times in verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. In verse 6, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. Mm -hmm. Then in this, uh, the way Jesse presented it to us the other day was three stanzas. In this third stanza, we actually find the word earth three times. He has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth, verse 9. And then what you brought up in verse 10, I will be exalted in the earth. Mm -hmm. The earth is clearly a theme that ties all of the stanzas of this psalm together. Though the earth rocks and and reels, though the Lord the, the Lord will utter his voice and the earth will melt. Mm-hmm. And then we will see the work that he has done in the earth and he will be exalted in the earth. And it's the certainty. It's the certainty. God says, this is what we're going towards. What what everything is pushing towards is God's exaltation, mm-hmm. God's glory, not your glory, not my glory. And here's what makes this great. Yeah. You know, the, the reality is if... Um, if, if God said, you know what I'm most concerned about? I'm most concerned about your glory, Andrew. I'm most concerned about your exaltation. He might change his mind on that. Yeah. I, I, and I'm, I'm speaking somewhat <laughs> metaphorically here, somewhat loosely. Uh, God, of course, doesn't change his mind. But I'm saying that as far as how I can have confidence, if he's just saying, no, 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 I, I'm with you. This is because I'm with you. Um, well, but he might change his mind on that. But you know what he's not going to change his mind on? He's not going to change his mind on the fact that he is going to exalt himself. He is doing this because it brings exaltation to him, yeah. which is why we want to be on his side, yeah. because he is exalted when his side wins. Mm-hmm. He is not mm-hmm. exalted if his side loses. Because God is determined to make sure that he is glorified and he is exalted, when the world is falling down around me, when it's collapsing, I can have confidence I know God's going to win because that is what will exalt him, and that's what all this is working towards. When God's greatness is seen and known clearly, that's just truth revealed right there. And when truth is revealed, he is exalted. That's who he is, and that's what he's worth. We're so glad that you've joined us today for Text Talk. We'd love it if you'd rate the podcast, share it with a friend. We're encouraged uh, by all the listeners and the feedback. We appreciate you so much. Let's have a word of prayer together. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, help us to know and to trust that in all, you will be exalted in the earth. Our desire is to lift you up now, to make you known who are worthy and what you're worth. We, Father, see the great lengths and acts that you have done with your people through the ages and trust in your promises of the great things that you've laid before your people in the future. We're so glad that we can be your people because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.